this has upset some people. The, the Trump administration has um, indicated uh, that they are going to use um, policy decisions to try to define gender as someone's birth sex or their genitalia at birth, thereby, as some people have described it, defining transgender individuals out of existence. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Kiss my ass, you can't do that. This week, two more ways that the community was being targeted have been revealed. On Friday morning, the Department of Health and Human Services proposed a new rule that would remove anti-discrimination protections for transgender Americans from the Affordable Care Act, asserting that discrimination on the basis of sex should not include gender identity. In a press release Friday morning, the HHS said that this move continues its mission to, quote, vigorously enforce prohibitions of discrimination by allowing for further discrimination that had been taken away under the Obama administration. by noting uh, the recorded trans women and, and people who have been murdered, um, most of which there have been no arrests, you know, there are no, there are no leads. And as we all know, our, our papers, our cases are at the bottom of the pile always. Um, Jesusa Fidal Ventura Reyes. 25-year-old Mexican trans woman of color, better known as Chucha. She went missing on the night of May 17. The authorities later found her head severed in a cooler. Outside of town hall, her decapitated body was later found in the streets of Mexico. Camila Diaz Cordova, 25. She was a 29-year-old trans woman who was killed in El Salvador after being deported from the United States. Claire Legato, 21, a trans woman of color, shot in the head on April 15th after an argument broke out between her mother and a suspect in Cleveland, Ohio. She was defending her mother. Malaysia Brooker, 23, a trans woman of color was found shot and killed after 6.40 a.m. Saturday, 18th, in Dallas, Texas. The shooting comes, comes after a little more than a month since a viral video that we all saw of her being beaten and dragged across the street in her own community by her own brothers. But after speaking, she spoke publicly saying, this time I can stand before you, whereas in other scenarios we're at a memorial. And now that's where her family, that's now where her family saw her a few weeks after she said those words. Father, forgive me. I'm staring at this Bible as I keep glancing. Dear Lord, I got questions and I need answers. I'm trying to understand your vision, all I see is damage. Just a bunch of dead bodies in the street camping. A bunch of lost souls on their feet standing. We supposed to be your children. I thought we family. You supposed to be my father, bro. I need answers. We don't need to die young. We just need chances. Tired of living on the edge, so we keep scrambling. Trying to talk to these strippers, but they keep dancing. We just want me number one like Steve Francis. Bow our heads, say a prayer, now the seas planted. Everywhere I turn, I'm seeing MCs vanish. A lot of good niggas gone, I don't understand it. A lot of families lost and they seeds stranded. I ain't trying to disrespect you, I just need answers. Following is a Breaks Media podcast. All right, so we are back with another episode of the Awakened Soul, and this time I have a special guest uh, to continue the uh, series on deconstructing transphobia. And so this week we are joined by Miss Tony Bryce herself. What's going on? Oh, you know, just being the girl. <laughs> <laughs> so you are an actress, a blogger, a public speaker, a model, a writer. What don't you do? Dang, did I say all that? No, um, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really, um, blog too much anymore, but I have, like, when I was blogging, I still have my website up for people to, like, go read and, I guess, read about where I was at that time, but, um, that's still up, but, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything else, yeah, actress for sure, I do campaign modeling for, like, the Stop HIV ACL, or if anybody, Fulton Board of Fulton County Board of Health. I'm like on their um, testing vans that they drive around Atlanta. Uh, and then public speaking, like yesterday, I just did a panel for their trans week for Georgia State University. So, you know, I try to get out there and advocate as best as I, as best as I can. I wish I was going to the march this weekend, but I'm not. So shout out to everybody going to the march. But how'd you get into like into being an, an advocate? Because, you know, it's so it's already so difficult. I, I like to talk about trans and LBGT issues at all but like for you to be advocated and also like like your your own campaign pictures like your pictures out there how did how did you what made you start getting comfortable 
and realize that you wanted to start doing stuff like that? Well, um, outside of like the, the whole trans advocacy thing, it, it really started in um, college. When I went to college, I remember uh, my freshman year, 2009, Missouri State University, and um, I became the parliamentarian for a group called, or a student organization called the Association of Black Collegians. Okay. And then I had been pretty quickly in the organization. And then that following year, actually, yeah, following year 2010, I was, um, I think I was vice president. So, like, it started very early on. But um, I had brought on for World AIDS Day, which is December 1st every year, I had brought a testing agency from um, the community to come on campus to test the people. And I would always go first, just, you know, lead by example. Mm -hmm. And that's just really where it started from. So now I'm being here in Atlanta and being asked to do stop, stop HIV, ATL, things like that. It is kind of natural for mm -hmm. me. I feel like it's, it's just continuing something I've already done, but just now not on a collegiate level. Okay, that's what's mm -hmm. up. So, I mean, we got to introduce you. It's your first time on the podcast. Have you ever been? I know you like you do everything. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Um, I've been on a radio station show, but I don't think I've done a podcast okay. yet. Think I don't recall, but I think this might be my first. Look one. at that! Look at God. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I like because it's your first time. I do want to like get into you and who you are. So. I have a question. You can answer it however it comes to your mind. Who is okay. Tony Bryce? You said who is Tony Bryce? Yes, ma'am. Um, who who is Tony Bryce? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I am. Um, I mean, everything that you named, obviously, those things that I, I I do. But in terms of who I am, I am a woman, a black woman of trans experience. Um, I am an older sister. I am, um, oh, here we go. I'm sorry, y'all can't hear in my mouth. I'm an older sister. I am a college-educated person. I am um, a loving, kind-hearted person. Yeah, what what else am I? <laughs> I think I'm pretty well-rounded. Well I'm a Scorpio, so I'm pretty outgoing, but I also, I love my peace and quiet. I'm very much a homebody. I really don't. A lot of people think I live a life where I'm just on the go all the time. And I'm like, if you only knew where I am all the time, which is right here in my room. But um, yeah, I'm I'm chill. I'm I'm cool. I'm complex. <laughs> we are, yeah, we all are. We're all a little weird, right? Just a little bit. <laughs> so uh, the first thing that I want to talk to you about on this topic is is your transition story and however comfortable you're open, you feel about opening up about it, whatever level you want to go into, but just. Because I, I think it's important in doing this series is to educate people on what that transition is really like. Because us, like me as a cisgendered, cisgender black man, I would never understand what it's like to go through that transition. So, I like in me educating myself, I hope, also hope to educate my listeners. So, if you feel like educating us and just telling us about everything from your mindset to how it affected your family. You said your older sister, so like your siblings adjusting as well. What what was the what is that story like? Well, um, I I feel like a lot of us who are truly trans, um, trans women, trans men, or you know, for my gender nonconforming people, I feel like a lot of us that you know grew up, we we knew, but we didn't have the language growing up, mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of times growing up, the language was gay, 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 because you know I always got the oh, you look like a girl, you write and talk like a girl, you walk like a girl, and you know just all of that foolishness and but aside from all of that I always knew internally how I felt I remember as a little kid there used to be this one outfit and I have a picture in it where every time I wore it I just felt like the girl <laughs> <laughs> I really did it was it was an outfit that really gave me comfort and kind of in my own way affirmed me and who I was as a young child but again, didn't really have the language. And um, it wasn't until high school, I want to, the end of middle school, beginning of high school, where I met the first trans women I had ever met. Um, it was a set of twins, and then they had a good girlfriend, so it was three of them. But the thing about it was, they were doing things that I have never indulged in. And I just felt like what I did was I internalized their experiences and made them my own. I felt like if I was going to transition, I had to do this or I had to do that. And, you know, that's really not the case. I really didn't have to do any of that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I was in college and I was in Missouri State Gospel Choir, vice president, event coordinator, and all of that good stuff. And it was one year, 2012, where I call it the year of self-love. And I just really had to come to terms with, like, this is who I am. This is what I need to do to really live life and be happy. 
But how am I going to go about doing it? Because I had internalized for so long that I needed to do all of those other things. I needed to like come up with a new game plan of this is how I want my transition to be and this is what I want my story to be. So 20, when I was 25, I called my mama on my birthday and I was like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm going to do. And I don't really think she believed me. But then that following April, we went to my first um, hormone replacement therapy appointment and um, I started uh, hormones on June, June 2nd, 2016. So that's officially medically when I started transitioning. Okay. And as far as like siblings, you know, I feel like a lot of times it's hard for family because they feel like, oh, we, we, we have to transition you or we remember you or we remember you by this name and or by these pronouns. And one thing that I've learned is relationships are optional. But, um, but one thing I've lear- learned when it comes to like those kind of things, relationships are optional, right? Mm-hmm. So I have an option to be in relationship with you. And if you are going to be disrespectful, dead name me, misgender me, I don't have to be in relationship with you. And I, while I understand that family, is, while they're transitioning with you, I'm still in transition myself. So you can go over there and deal with what you feel like you need to deal with for however long you feel like you need to deal with it while I'm over here living my life. So um, that's kind of the approach I've taken. And with that, I feel like it's been effective because at the end of the day, like, it's just (laughs) thanks for support and love. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be good either way. And I think when they realize things like that, I think they start to come around because they have came around in terms of my direct siblings, though. They've always pretty much been supportive. I've never really had an issue with them. Okay. And they're young, so like they're well. Isn't it Generation X after Millennial? I believe is that what so. It is? So they're Generation X. So you know they're growing up in a generation where all of these things are going to be normalized or common to them when they're our age or older. So it's like, okay, y'all understand what it is. You you accept and you move on. So I'm their sister when they introducing me to their friends. That's my big sister, and et cetera, et cetera. And it feels good to hear that. And even my mom, whenever. We're going where we're going. You know, she'll say my daughter and her. And I'm like, okay, girl, I see you. So I'm happy. I'm, I'm in a good space with family. That's good. That's good. And and was what was it like um, before you got like, and you may have always been comfortable in your own skin, but like when you, I would imagine that you probably went through a time where you may have been self-conscious during your transition, right? Um, or were you always kind of had that attitude of either you're going to accept me or you're not? No, I really didn't always have that attitude, um, especially with the dating thing. But in terms of just in general, I was always a person that I never really, I never really identified as gay, right? Because I never felt like I was a man that was attracted to a man. I never felt that way. Okay. So even on the gay label, I was like, oh, this don't feel right. Not, oh, because I don't want to, sorry, I don't mean it like that. But like, oh, like this isn't what I feel. Like this isn't my truth. And so I was just doing research and understanding language and terms. I found the term androgynous. Mm. Actually, I was watching Be Love Scott on YouTube. And he, uh, well, that I don't know what their pronouns are, but Be Love, we just want to say Be Love, <laughs> taught me the word androgyny. And I Googled it and I was just like, wow, like this is really how I was feeling at the time because I wasn't comfortable with gay, but I also wasn't comfortable with transitioning because of what I internalized, I thought I would need to do. So I've always had a look that kind of caught people off guard like, is that a girl or is that a boy? Is that a girl or is that a boy? Like I've always walked that fine line. Okay. So for me to like start transitioning and you know live life how I'm living life it just I don't know it was it wasn't hard it just felt natural for me okay that's what's up um what would you what would your advice be to anyone who's like thinking about transitioning or going through it and that that time period where they're contemplating it or not like what would be if they came to you for like mentorship what would be your advice to them well the two things that i I would say for sure is i know a lot of times people are hesitant in transitioning because of relationships with family and oh what is this going what are they going to say and do as i said earlier relationships are optional and you don't have to be in relationship with anybody that's going to be disrespectful and not honoring who you are and then second of all because i've experienced this as well you don't internalize somebody else's journey because your journey is your journey and your truth is your truth. And so those those are the best two things I can offer somebody because those are the two things I dealt with the most. Okay. That's what's up. Um, so you are an actress at a time uh, where I think Pose is put on like a completely like the show Pose is put it in a different perspective, like the trans actress and how powerful they can be and why they, they like you didn't see a trans actress too much too often and now like for it to be condensed onto the show and i feel like 
it's been, really been a launching pad. Like uh, Angelica Ross, who played Candy in that show, is actually in the new season of American Horror Story. Who knows mm-hmm. if she would have got that opportunity if it wasn't for that show? Because there are a lot of talented women on that show who may have never gotten that platform. So, like, how did you break into acting? How did you get into it? And was it scary for you at first? Well, um, my origins in acting really started in theater when I was in high school. And um, I went to my first audition for crew. I wasn't always, I didn't start off on stage immediately, but I went for crew and I was a dramaturg, which is basically a publicity person for a play. And then that was my introduction to theater. And from then I went to college, didn't do any acting in college, but I did hosting, a lot, a lot of hosting. And really, if you think about it, that is a form of acting because you're on the stage. And um, I moved to Orlando, Florida when I graduated because I was still with my company. And I was like, you know what? This this job isn't isn't feeding me. It's not feeding my passions. Like, what is it? What is it? And it was acting, obviously, but I just hadn't really accepted it because I was trying to choose stability over risk like a risky type mm-hmm. as you know baby this life is real <laughs> one, one day i'm booked the next i'm like Ooh, somebody gonna call me <laughs> uh, and so i did like a few student films as a uh, student film things as background and then that was it but i when i moved here i quit my full my full my good full-time job and then i um started doing background for tv shows like star like a lot of people have seen me on star doing background the quad Oh, like a bunch of TV shows in the beginning. That was in 2016. And then I was like, you know what? Enough is enough with that. I really have to start working towards my own stuff. And so I had booked my first web series. I had booked my first indie film. And it kind of just went from there. Now, in terms of the whole trans thing, the trans thing, I, um, my first film web series, my first project, I had just started transitioning literally the first month in my transition. So I was like, I look at that, that clip and I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, that why did somebody tell me? And um, it, it just kind of went from there. And I was kind of shocked because I thought what, when I first started, I was like, oh, I need to tell everybody I'm trans, I'm trans, so just to let them know. But I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm a woman, so and I'm acting. So if I go to this background situation, why do I have to tell these people I'm trans? I'm in the background anyway. Yeah. Or if I'm going out for a role, at that point, if it's a cis role, you're going to see me audition. So if you see it or you clock it in my audition, then you see it or you clock it. And either you want it or you don't. So I stopped doing that whole trans thing because at that time, there was, I think, maybe Orange is the New Black had just started showing mm-hmm. maybe something like that. And that was it. So it really wasn't no visibility on TV. There were no roles for us. It wasn't given all of that. So it was really still new, even in the indie world. Okay. Okay. Have you have you seen the opportunity for roles open up more lately? Um. Yeah. Okay. I definitely would say yes because... You know, you got you got Pose, you got um, Transparent, which was on Amazon Prime. You had Doubt at one point, um, but it had ended up being canceled. You had Star. So, yeah, I think people are finally realizing, for whatever intentions they have behind it, mm-hmm. it's their own intentions, but from the outside looking in, it could look like the people are getting with the program. And it's like they are finally not just casting us as, you know, prostitute number one and two on Law and Order, but actually writing stories that are inspired by us. And then not only writing the stories that are inspired by us and by by us, but letting us tell those stories as trans women. So that I think is dope. And I think even though shows have come before Pose, it was really Pose, I think, that really kind of like changed the game for stuff like that. Because it was all. Well, despite a few people, uh, 90% female, trans female cast. Yeah. So. And, I, and I think like the, the power in Pose is that it's it's educating people on the trans community, but also it's giving us an insight on like how alienated trans people can feel from the rest of the world. Um, especially like I didn't even know I had no idea, no education on the ballroom scene at all but like just to think of how many talented women were in that ballroom scene walking or whatever they couldn't break into modeling all because people were worried about the wrong shit mm-hmm. so um, well, so one one woman from ballroom did her name was tracy norman or tracy africa in ballroom and she did break into modeling she was on i don't know if you've heard about this before but she was on um the box of chloral hair products okay for the color um, but then somebody outed her and then that kind of ended her career. And now, now in 2019, the people are circling back 30 years ago to be like, let me give you your just due. Let me give you your respect because what happened back then was obviously not right. And so now let, let's try to make it up to you, so to speak. But 
And the crazy part is, I think where that happened, she was on a set for an Essence shoot, and then years later, now she is in Essence. That's so crazy. It, That's it shows growth. Yeah. It definitely shows growth. And we're 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 getting there as a people. We're really we're. It's slow but sure, surely getting there. I mean, who knows what it's going to be like ten years from now? It's been a substantial growth in like the last year. Like really, the last year or two has been substantial growth. So let's hope that that continues. Um. Well, we're going to get it, start getting into some of the more heavier topics. Are you ready for this? I think so. We'll see. <laughs> and I have I have something that I'm going to ask you just based off okay. something that you posted, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure you can okay. guess what that is. Yeah, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so the first thing that I want to do, we did a little bit of it with you talking about your transition story, but like okay. ed- education. And, and I think that's, that's how we really can break stigmas and we really can break down walls is people really – getting educated and, and learning more about a, a life that they have no idea about. Um, and so I think a lot of times people are afraid because they don't know how to ask. They uh, are afraid for backlash. And I think sometimes too, people are, are afraid to come off transphobic just because they don't know and they don't know how to ask that question. So I want to commend you for coming here and, and letting me ask you these questions and being all down for it because I know it can be a little standoffish. Um, <laughs> but what do you think are the most common misconceptions that people in general have about trans women or trans people in general? Um, I think there is an expository type stigma over us where, you know, we expose men for being attracted to us. Um, I think a lot of them think we are in sex work. I think a lot of them think we are confused and sick in the mind. I think a lot of them think we're men. <laughs> um, a lot of them think, um, and I think a lot of them think we have this agenda of intentions to, I don't know, like some like convert people. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, we've been watching this people on program TV programs, for years and you know as, as my good girlfriend i forgot who said this but it's this people that created us trans people so it's like okay who am i going to convert you, got, mean, you got a point there you got a you got a, a good point there um then my father is this and i am who i am today so yeah and even the last episode i did i had uh Jaden hollywood on who he lives in atlanta too he's a he's a gay black man and he mentioned how people have this fear of like seeing gay people on tv are going to turn their ch- children gay and he made the comparison mm-hmm. well if that's the case then seeing straight people on tv would have stopped gay people from becoming gay in the first place so it's like right. people have so so much fear based around really stupid ideas when you think about it people are going to be who they're going to be yeah. um that's it. Yeah. yeah. Just let I always say just let the people be the people. Like why are we so why are we policing everything? Just let the people be the people. But you can police everything in your own household, but you can't police who I am and what I do. So Yeah. And then even sometimes like in your own household, you only have so long to do that until your kids flew flee the coop and then what? Exactly. Then you now reality gonna have to say now you've been dealing with it from afar, now you gotta deal with it in your own house. So yeah. it's like now what you gonna do? So what 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 do you what would you say is the most difficult thing that you face day to day? The most thing that I face day to day, I mean, if I make it a career thing, that that's always difficult because I think anybody wants to succeed in their career, and um, so you know, just submitting for auditions and doing self tapes and submitting them and seeing 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 if I'm gonna you know get the audition. That is always difficult, and that's kind of like mentally draining because mm-hmm. you work so hard to try to make it, and within this industry, it's very. Ugh. And then you put trans on top of that, and it's already so few roles for us currently. And then it's like it's a nice size pot of us out here that are really trying to make it, um, that already have names and that are up and coming. So I think that's really difficult when dealing on a day to day basis in terms of career. But in terms of me, I would probably say um, dating. You know, I've been single for 14 years. I've never had a boyfriend. I've never dated a man. Um, but I guess a lot of time there are, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh, your inbox must be full and da 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 da. And I'm like, it can be, but that doesn't mean it's with attention that I want. Yeah. It's, and it's attention that I attract just based off of who I am and how I identify. I don't have to do nothing else but say I'm trans and the inbox don't fill up just off of that. So you kind of just try to weed out the genuine with the people that have, you know, other intentions. So that, that for me is probably the difficult part. So. 
And that's part, that was part of the reason why I like in the the video that you responded to that got got you here on this podcast that got us to schedule this interview is that I was I was honestly afraid to go out and send DMs or whatever because not because of my intent being wrong because I know how much ill intent is out there and I didn't want to be in the in the mix of that so I'm like well let me put my face on it and hopefully that makes more people comfortable to really come out and be open to talk to me because mm-hmm. I can only imagine even me as like a cis gender black man who's in podcasting my dms could be fucking ridiculous and that's yeah. that's not even compared to women uh so like it's it's just i i struggle with that so i'm glad that you mentioned that yeah it's, it's tough <laughs> Do don't catch you- me on a week feeling that you might i might just entertain some of your foolishness <laughs> that's what i'm talking about oh but baby don't catch me on one on my good days you might get cussed out <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, just because you mentioned it, I know it's on our list, but I told you before, we're going to bounce back and forth all over this list, but you mentioned dating. So I think this is a good time to go into it. Like, okay. Hey guys, it's your girl, Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl, Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. Damn. <laughs> uh, I think that I, I, me, as being on the outside looking in, the question that I have so often is trans women say trans women are women, which I believe that and I and I and I'm all for that. But then why do we get the things of of feeling like you have to women have to expose men who are with trans women? If women, if trans women are women, why do some still feel the need to expose a man when they get pissed off by them? And what do you what, when you see that? What do you what are you what are your opinions on it? Well, I think well, this is this is how I feel about some of the exposing. Right. So if you have a cis woman that has children, right, and the father of those children are not is not doing anything, she might blast him and get on Facebook and say how, you know, a deadbeat he is and et cetera, et cetera. And technically that's exposing, right? I'm exposing you for how much of a deadbeat or whatever you, whatever it is that you are. Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to a trans woman in terms of, okay, I think, but I think a lot of it happens within sex work. And it's more than likely because you didn't pay me or you didn't pay me what we, what the rate was agreed upon. Um, And then a lot of times I feel like some people think based on the name, if it is a celebrity, they think they might benefit off of it. And it's like, well, sis, you're really not going to benefit off of it really because at the end of the day, you're only going to have so much time to live in this moment. And then that moment is going to fade. And then the part that I don't like about it all over are just period is whenever you give the public that kind of attention, or I shouldn't say that attention, when you give the public that kind of opportunity to look at our community, to say, oh, they like to expose men, et cetera, et cetera, what they're really paying attention to or really what they're focusing on is to say that, oh, these are men or these ones were men. Oh, well, if he was with her and she still has this and he gay and and da-da-da, and it's just like, if you are attracted to women and your your attraction is inclusive to trans women, then what am I, what am, well, why would I expose you? What am I exposing that you like women? Yeah. That's how I, and that's my mindset on it. I will never, ever expose a soul about who I've slept with or whoever. If that man is not openly embracing me and I've agreed to that and we keep what we do private, then that's what we do and that's between us. I'm not doing that because I know what kind of attention that brings, and I don't like that attention already when I see the other people doing it. So why would I even do it? And then on top of that, me being an actress and me trying to make it, why would I even give myself that kind of press and attention? I'm just going to have whatever 15 minutes or whatever, and then I'm like, okay, so I'm still left with a career that I'm trying to pursue and nobody's going to take serious because of what I just did. So I'm just not here for it. I'm not here for it at all. I understand some situations if the person didn't pay or whatever the case may be but in general i'm just not here for the exposing situation i'm just not i don't like it i'm not here for it what do you what do you what do you think you 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 mentioned it and that's kind of what i was talking about in your story and i know you mentioned it as a joke but because we're talking about it seriously now what what do you think of the sex work in the trans community like is it because mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, it's different levels to it some people do it because they for acceptance some do it. it but it's the same way for anyone who gets into sex work i think it's the same regardless trans or not 
But I think that there's this there's this view or opinion that it's higher in the trans community, which I don't necessarily know that that's true or not. But what what are your views on it? Well, I think the the reason why um, I think well I think for one the trans pop the trans women population is obviously smaller than those of the cis population, mm-hmm. and then us black trans women is obviously smaller of the population of cis black women. So for us to do it, it looks like. I'm sure percentage-wise, number-wise, it might look like we are more so into sex work, but when you look at the numbers compared to the the communities that come from, it might not be that way, you know? But um, how I feel about it, I just feel like, you know what, how, how, whatever, how do I feel about it? I don't not like it. I don't disrespect it. I actually think those girls are very brave Mm -hmm. to get out there and to you know, make money how they're making their money to provide, whether it's for survival, whether it's for transition. Um, I, I think they're brave because I know that that's going to have a big mental impact on them when it comes to actual relationships, when it comes to trusting men, when it just comes to how their perspective of men in general. And I've seen that firsthand. Um, so in that aspect, like I respect that you can get out there and do it, but I just know it's just, I don't know, it's just not for me. That's not the path that I wanted to take. And when I was speaking earlier about internalizing other people's experiences, the girls that I first saw, that's what they were doing. Okay. They were doing sex work, they were writing bad checks and doing, uh, writing checks for, um, car, rental cars and they would never return a rental car. They would just let the rental car get towed away and then they would go, they would repeat this cycle. And I was just like, no, <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. That's not who I am. Yeah. And when I first um, graduated from high school, I got accepted into the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts. And that was in New York City. And um, a girl I knew at the time, she all she had went to New York be- the year before me for uh, fashion school. And our dorms, the way the conservatory and the institute work, they shared the same dormitory. And so I was like, oh, girl, you know, we're going to roommate together and et cetera. And this was in 2009, which is why I was very intentional about the year. Okay. And um, I couldn't get the loans to go, so that's why I, why I ended up going to Missouri State. But what happened with her is she got there. She's seen trans women. She was, you know, I guess she felt some kind of inspiration to say, you know, I can finally be me. And so she was inspired to do sex work and that led to her dropping out of school and it led to, Oh, I'm just going to do this for my surgery to now years and years later, it's still, it's still a thing for her. And I remember her telling me one day, she was like, I don't know how you sit up here and work a job and wait two weeks to get paid when you can be sitting up here and have about two or three clients and give what you get every two weeks. And when you put it like that, I'm like, well, girl, you right. (laughs) Hold on, let me reevaluate my life real quick. And so, but I guess my thing is I just want to hold on to that not being my narrative so bad. Because when I mean to tell you, every time I hear somebody speak about it, that is their story. And I just be like, not that it's a bad story, because it's not a bad story. That's just what you have to do. But I'm just, it's just not my story. It's just not my story. And I'm happy about it because I said I didn't want it to be my story. And so far, I've, I've kept that. And so um, I guess that's just my perspective, you know. And then I'm, I'm also here for it because I'm like, if I'm up here laying around for free, I might as well be out there making my money. Maybe okay. if, if, if I'm struggling to pay bills and feed myself and, you know, living a, a certain life, and, but I'm out here having sex for free, like, no, go make your money, sis. That's how I feel about it. I feel that. Do you, and so it, is it safe to say that it's like a, a great test of your will that you haven't gone into that? It is. Yeah. It definitely is. Because when I mean to tell you, it's some days I think about it, I'm just like, damn, like, what am I doing? Do you know how much the people would pay? You know what I think about it. And I've even gone as far as to be like, okay, well, maybe I can't do the sex work, uh, like the the room after room, man after man, but maybe I can do a sugar daddy because at least if I'm being sexual or encountering that person in any kind of way, it's consistent and it's one person. And I'm like, even when I thought I could open up to that, I still find it like it's a struggle for that because I'm like, well, damn, is that still sexy? Yes, sex work. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I'm just like, oh, I just don't want it to be my story. And sometimes it makes stuff so difficult, but, you know. That's fair. So, and you mentioned how you've been single for 14 years. Um, so what, like, how do you tell the difference between a man who's like genuinely interested in Tony, the person, than fetishizing Tony, the transgendered woman? Um, I 
think a lot of times it comes out in the approach, okay. the immediate approach. It comes with, you know, nude pictures and videos and um, let's link up, you know, link up culture. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it, it comes, and, and even the ones that try to, so like, oh, how are you doing today? Okay, well, let's see how, let's see what they're trying to do mm-hmm. to get what they want. And it's still not going to work for me. But I feel like men that have, it, and it's only been a few, it's only been a few that I feel like have been really genuine or, um, I don't know. I feel like, it, I, I think it's a vibe. It's a connection. It's the, the time we take to actually get to know each other. Um, if we do have a sexual conversation, because I do feel that it's important to have sexual conversations as grown people who will eventually encounter sex, um, let it be a moment of education to say, this is what I like and don't like, and then let it pass just like any other conversation. And when we need to revisit it, we can. But I feel like, you know, and, and another big thing for me is consistency. If you have been consistent, then that lets me know that, consistent in terms of us talking and get to know each other. Cause some people are very consistent about wanting a piece. <laughs> so I was a virgin in 2016 and the man that messaged me in 2016 is still messaging me today. So if I know you don't want to be with me, you just want to be. Yeah. So yeah, I would say inconsistency in terms of the, the getting to know you. All right. Fair enough. Thank you for that. No um, <laughs> so uh, to get back into like the education piece of it, I know we kind of got sidetracked, but it happened naturally, but We'll see where we go with this one. Um, how 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 do we we truly learn to be an ally to the LBGT community? Like what what makes you when you see someone that's asking you questions or that's speaking on things, like what makes you realize that they're really trying to be an ally more so than just using it as like to, to appear as an ally, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like because yesterday when I did the student panel at um, Georgia State University, when you look into the audience, I've seen a few cis women and then I've seen a, a few LGBT people. And it wasn't many people, right? And so one of my comments to them was, well, not, not my comment, but a comment from one of the panelists to them was, you know, grab people. You know, if, if you want somebody to understand what's going not necessarily accept, but understand, bring them in on the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's family members, whether it's friends, et cetera. Sometimes we have to invite some of these people in on the conversation when the space is exclusively, not exclusively, but when the space is predominantly LGBT because us sitting around talking to each other is not going to always do the, you know, yeah. work wonders. So I feel like, Inviting people in on the conversation, but not even just inviting people in on the conversation. I think people have to also want to and be willing to educate themselves. And um, what do you do with that education? Do you spread that education or do you just read about it and say, girl, forget about all that? It just kind of, I guess it just kind of depends. And then a lot of times, too, I can hear in how people speak if they are allies or not. And a lot of times it's about language because some people feel like, well, that's y'all language. I don't have to use that language. Well, if you feel like you don't have to use it, well, girl, okay. <laughs> you know, ally of mine. Yeah. If you feel like you don't have to do something that's going to be in support of and respectful to a certain community of people. But these days, you never know. You, yeah. you know, like you say, you never know if the people faking the funk for an interview, for a photo, you know, an opportunity just to say I did something with the community or not. But What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast, Podcast. a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. 
Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. Yeah. And you, and like you mentioned in that of like just a photo or, or to say they're doing something in the community that like it used to always be the black vote going in, heading into the elections that people worry about. But mm-hmm. it's really trans issues are starting to really take a forefront in, in people's presidential platforms. Trump's yeah. like and so like Trump rolled back protections on trans Americans. I recently and like this year, I can't remember exactly what month it is, but. I found out that there was actually a defense that people can use that if they feel like a gay or trans person is coming on to them that and they and they thus attack that that gay or transgender person. It doesn't get them off, but it gets them a, le- a lesser sentence. I can't remember the name of the law, but it's like 40 states have that. And I'm just like, that is really disgusting. Is that Sandra Ground or is, that, is that something else? No, it's something. It's, it's very similar to Sandra Ground, but it's basically saying that it's like they, they use it as a temporary insanity uh, plea, basically. So to say that if me and you at a bar and you come on to me i can say that i felt unsafe because you're trans and i th- thus i attacked you and it can get me a lesser sentence it's ridiculous and i think i know what you're talking about i just don't remember the name of it either, yeah. but I, I think i know what you're talking about so and, and like when you when you see stuff like this like as we're getting heading into the 2020 election like it's important to know people who just want to appear aligned with the trans community to try to get that vote and people are actually doing things to help improve the, the lives of the trans community and taking things more serious and like do you pay attention to politics is it too much to you like for some people and i understand it i don't i don't judge anyone who's like i just don't get into politics because it's so much bullshit out there nowadays and it's just it's really is a headache and you have to bob and weave to know who to pay attention to who not to the actual next democratic debate is actually here in in columbus uh so they're all they're all be here i'm going to try to go to it but it's just like, well, let me ask you, do you pay attention to the election right now or do you just not have time for it? So as unfortunate as it sounds, I am one of those people that are just like, it's too, it, like a lot of it is just too much. I have paid attention to certain people like Elizabeth Warren, where she has been very vocal mm-hmm. about the trans community, even listing all of the the name of the uh, murder, murder, because not de- dead or passed away or whatever but murder trans women this this year thus far. And I think things like that really stand out to, to people like me. And I think for me, when it when it comes down to it, of course, I feel like um, I, I educate myself on their platforms and what they're doing when it comes down to like, okay, it's really getting down to the nitty gritty. Like, and my vote matters and I definitely need to go out and vote. So I, I, when it comes to that particular point, I'm definitely educating myself on what it is that's going on. But in general, I, and I actually kind of don't mind watching the presidential debates because I think it's interesting kind of like to hear their perspectives, their platforms. But I'm just really, and I never have actually been a political person. Um, when we were in, when I was in middle school, we did like a, um, a mock voting election mm-hmm. and I voted for George Bush. So that just lets you know. <laughs> <laughs> And then I think back about that all the time. I'm like, what the hell was I doing voting for a George Bush? But I will say when Obama was elected into office, I think a lot of black people specifically started really paying attention and really trying to get involved. But um, but yeah, I would say for me, I think once it gets down to the nitty gritty, that's when I probably start more so doing my research and trying to understand, okay, so what person am I voting for? Who's going to be the next leader for me that's going to make a difference? Um, but I will just shout out specifically Elizabeth Warren because she is dope and and especially more specifically in supporting our community. Yeah. And you mentioned it, too, how she mentioned all the trans women that were killed. And that is one of our topics. There have been over 20 documented cases of trans women being killed in 2019. Now, we know that that number is lower because a lot of times when trans women are killed, they are misgendered. They're, they're listed as their yeah. birth gender. So that that goes unnoticed. But. Like, how does that affect you? And like, how do you live your day to day life? Are you always looking over your your corner? I mean, over your shoulder? Does it make you afraid to like go out sometimes? I know you say you're a homebody, but I I would imagine that it has to have you afraid a little bit, right? You know, honestly, if if I'm very truthful, no. And I say that because I know how I live my life. However, I do know that you can't who can be in the wrong place at the wrong times as well. But I also know that I am I am the protector of me, period. Like, I'm, I just protect me at all costs. 
And I don't, I, I purposefully and intentionally try not to ever put myself in certain situations that I know could possibly go wrong. You know what I'm okay. saying? Whether it's going to the, um, the cis bars and clubs, which I don't go out anyway, but if I was like, well, I'm avoiding that because men are going to be in your face. And then if they don't know, then somebody gonna try and clock you and then spill your tea and then that might not be safe or if it's certain environments. I'm just I'm just always in my head about making sure I'm in, in a good in a good space. But do I necessarily think about it whenever I'm out and about? I really I don't. I, I really just don't have that I guess I really don't have that thought process. Okay. Really, yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah. I'm yeah. I mean, I, and you and what you said there was was on point. Like you are your own protector, and the fact that you are that aware of your own safety, like that that does play a part in it. You, we we do have to make sure that we're taking care of our own safety. And as much as we should be able to go wherever the hell we want to, whenever we want, it's just unfortunately that's just not how society is really right now. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, it it actually sometimes is. It can be more of a curse than a blessing, to be honest. Because me being an actor, it stops me a lot of times from going out and really being social. Okay. Because I'm just like, nope, I ain't got time for that. I don't feel like people, et cetera, et cetera. So while on one end, it's like, it's a good thing you protect yourself. And on the other side, it's definitely a con or a curse, whichever, because it does stop me from being, you know, the Tony that I know I can be in terms of being social, in terms of networking and connecting with people. So it, it it has a balance of both. It has a balance okay. of both. And you you live in Atlanta, which is like one of it's like the Hollywood for Black media. I think that in yeah. New York are. So what what is it like being in a community where a um like I said, Black media, Black actors, Black artists, everything are accepted more than they are in a, in a lot of the country, but also mm-hmm. like you having the added layer of, of being a transgendered woman on top of that. Is there is there a community there that you feel safe in that you like have connections with? Is it a big group, big community there? Because I know like the, the um, Sahara who I interviewed first, she lives in Cleveland, Ohio, and there's actually not a huge, commu- a really big community to where she can interact with people who go through that same journey that she went through. So she kind of felt alone going through mm-hmm. it. So like, do, what do you have the opposite effect there? Is, is there a big community that makes you feel like home there? Um, I wouldn't say there's a, a community within media, so okay. to speak. I feel like a lot of times, like even when I was doing background, I was the only, unless you were that passable that I couldn't even clock it. <laughs> I was the only trans woman out there. Okay. Um, and I've been a lot of times the only trans woman out in whether even when it came to LGBT series like web series, when I first started, I didn't see nobody. Wow. And I'm seeing the girls really come out and, you know, do their whole acting situation. But when it came to acting classes, it was very heavy on the cis. Now, what their sexualities were, I don't know, or what their gender identities were. Well, gender identities, that is this, but mainly it was this people. So I think for me, I try, I use that to kind of motivate me to create a, a space of my own and like doing my own improv classes where I invite anybody from the community or outside the community to come in and just, you know, do improv. And and for me, that's a safe, a safe space that I've created for me and people like me or like-minded people like me as well, because... I feel like a lot of times, you know, when I'm out in the cis world, like, you you do feel like a lot of, like, are they looking? Like, what are they saying? Or they're judging? And who wants to be dealing with all that? I'm here to, I'm here to act mm-hmm. and be another character, but I can't even get into the character because I'm too much in my head thinking about what's going on in my, in my surroundings. So I wouldn't say in media, in terms of, like, LGBT organizations, Somewhat, and I used to be in an um, organization or a um, group with an organization called Transparency, where, you know, trans people, we sat around and talked about our stories. We didn't even have a meeting where we included the LGBTQIA, et cetera, um, to learn about our stories, too, because I feel like that's a big disconnect in our community, which is lack of education and uh, sometimes ignorance because people don't care. Um, but, yeah. So I wouldn't say it's a huge community like that, but, you know, we out there and we we meet and we greet every now and again. That's good. Something that I just got educated on um, in the first episode of this series was there's a thing called passing privilege. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the trans community. What is it? So... Like what? What is that like? Like what? As as far as like the different sides of it, how 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 different are both sides of the coins? As far as you know, um, 
passing privilege is you have the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm trans, or you have to say, or the opportunity to, to be silent on it and just live your life and blend in with everyday cis society and nobody question who you are, question how you identify, et cetera. You just go under the radar. And, you know, who wouldn't want that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the flip side of it, you know, it, it, when you don't have the passing privilege, you are, you know, you are more harmed, so to speak, because not only are you trans, people can visually see that you are trans. So, well, recently I was saying, um, there was Texas, I don't remember which city in Texas, but he um, seen a trans woman, was taunting her, mocking her, misgendering her, as she was walking to her bus stop, and he um, he shot at her. And he shot her, actually. And he admitted to shooting her and admitted to what he was doing. And um, they're trying to say it was a possible hate crime or a possible aggravated assault. So I'm just like, in terms of when you think of passing privilege, if that was a passable trans woman, that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. They probably would have, you know, kept called her or something like that. But in as the, in the extreme of like shooting her because of who she was, no. But I think both have their pros. And even like to not be as passable can kind of be who I am. Then you know what you're getting yourself into at from jump. Like there's nothing that it feels good to do or not, but they already know what's up from jump, so it's like either you pursue it, but when they're passable, that's obviously a conversation for later or whenever they decide to have that conversation, but each one has their pros and cons, but for me personally, I mean, I have a degree of passing privilege to where I'm not always clocked and like, like out and about and being clocked and things of that nature, however, I have been clocked and I know some days are better than others, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but I'm still around. You know? <laughs> all right. That's what's up. Um, but that's it. We actually went through all my questions. Do you have anything that you want to say? Any questions that you have? Anything at all? This is your time to shine before we go home. Well, let me get out my list of questions. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. I Like you mentioned, you've had, this is what, part two? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And then you say you've spoken to, I think you said Jalen Hollywood. So, like, what? What motivates you to kind of have these conversations? For me, it's it's a about educating myself. And I feel like because I have this platform as I'm educating myself, I should also use it for other people to possibly get that same education on. And also, I think part of my story is, is that at one point in my life, I would have definitely been categorized as homophobic and okay. it took for me to get older and i have a uh, an uncle mm-hmm. who i love with all my heart he's not even my blood uncle he kind of just came into our family and so mm-hmm. he's gay and i had to stop and think about it for one second this person that i legit love with all my heart i would do anything in the world for him what 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 sense does it make that i'm like afraid or not afraid but i don't openly welcome homosexual people and so in in thinking through that it also then led out to the rest of the lgbt community and especially when like the deaths are getting as high as they are and i just and i think of how far i've come and how far other people can possibly hopefully come as well it's like i just want to share this education i want to learn and i want to share it with people too mm-hmm. so that's dope thank you we appreciate it <laughs> um do do you get like do you face like a lot of backlash from people that watch your show that that like might categorize you as Oh well, he might be gay or he might be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When I did the when I when I released the trailer for the first episode because I did like this trailer the week before, um, and it was a video. I got so many. Oh well, I didn't know you like trans women. I did this. You only doing that? And I'm like, really? Come on. And this is and that that was my first time where I was like, if I'm getting this type of backlash, I can only imagine what what actual trans women get. Like, are are people who are who do openly date trans women and stuff like that. It's like, really? And it's and it came from some people that I previously would have thought of as some of the most educated people on my timeline that I know. And I'm like, now nah, I can't even I can't even have intellectual conversations with you anymore if that's the way you want to act. Right. So Yeah, people are very many, many things. Um, so okay, so let me I guess let me question your depth of like acceptance or tolerance. Okay. okay. So, like, I know you from, like, looking at your page, like, when you first hit me up and just going to your feet and stuff, like, you have a child, right? Mm-hmm. So, I won't put, I won't use your actual child because I don't want to put no, <laughs> I want to think nothing. <laughs> but say if you were to ever have a future child that would, that did identify as LGBT, whether it, he he or she was gay or gender nonconforming or whatever, or trans, like, how, how would you respond to that being that you, like you said, you were once 
I guess, considered homophobic? How, how would you respond to that now as you're opening up and being um, educated? A, I think I, the, the key thing in, is in love. Because at the end of the day, I think people need love to get through anything that they're going through. So that is something that I would like to think that that would be my first reaction is to love on them harder because regardless of how it turns out, the situation turns out, they're going through a conflict or they're going through something that they're feeling. So I think I would like to think that that would be my first reaction. But um, I mean, that I think that's the key to all of it. Will I be shocked? Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'll, it just be oh like continue like nothing happened because there is going to be shocking and adjustment period. I don't want to lie to myself that it's not, but overall, if I focus on the love, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it. I'm going to be their father like I was before. So it doesn't matter. Right. Well, and I always ask that question. Not I always, I always ask that question, <laughs> but I ask that question because I feel like a lot of times people are very um, like um, they say they're supportive or allies, so to speak. But they're being supportive and ally from afar, from mm-hmm. a distance, like I mentioned earlier. And it's not until it hits their home where they actually have to personally deal with these things to where it's like, okay, now my allyism or my support or my acceptance of what I thought I was supporting and accepting is like really now being called into question because it's hitting home. Yeah. So I, I like to hear people's perspective on that because, I mean, people do gay. Yeah. People do gay. You never know. You never know. I like to think for me, being trans is not anything but a soul thing. My soul is female, and it was just put into the body that it was put into. And so now this body has to transform to match who she is on the inside and always has been. So that's how I like to think about it. I'm just, I'm just catching up with me. <laughs> okay. That's what's up. Um, I don't know. Do I have any other questions for you? I don't think so. Oh, who? Um, who is our mutual friend? Um, Jordan. Who is Jordan? Uh, hold on. Let me tell you. Because when you said Jordan, I was like, Jordan. Hold on. I'm going to show you a picture, and I'll I'll edit this. Okay, is she from, she live in Texas? Yeah, from St. Louis. Oh, oh Jordan, Jordan. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, Jordan, if you're watching. <laughs> well, I know you're not watching currently, because this is be out later. But, Okay. <laughs> I got you, Jordan. Okay. But, um, and then lastly, I will say, um, so, um, in terms of acting, my career, there's a show called P Valley that's coming on the Stars Network, um, the same network as Power, and I am on the show. Uh-oh. And so, I know, right? So, this season, I'm on one episode so far. It's episode 105, but should they get renewed for a second season, my character will be um, a, a reoccurring character. So, y'all just... Keep me in our prayers, and we're going to pray for season two. I think the show is going to be absolutely amazing in season two, three, four, five, six, seven worthy. But, you know, networks and numbers is all about the numbers at the end of the day. So we're going to pray for some good stuff. But, yes, so that's the next big thing for me. But in the meantime, just auditioning. Well, there's anybody out there looking for love, not just <laughs> <laughs> She's going lives in Atlanta, no. But yeah, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Is that that's coming up? That's coming up for me. And thank you for reaching out. Oh. And it, it, so what was so crazy about it was, you know how stuff is like in your request box and you don't see it. Uh huh. And when you had followed me, I was like, oh, who is this? And I went to your page and that first video about deconstruction transphobia, I was like, oh, that's dope. And I seen you saying, you know, let me know if there's, you know, anybody. So that's when I was like, I'm a, I'll email you. And then I tagged a few uh, trans men that I know as well, because I know you said you wanted some uh, trans man perspective as well. So, and then I look at my inbox and it's like, oh, he had already sent me a message. So I didn't even realize. <laughs> Yeah, the the um the trans men that you tagged, I'm actually I'm gonna be reaching out to them for the next episodes, which is important uh too. So I want to thank you for that because they definitely reached out, and I'm definitely gonna be working with them. So. Definitely, because I think trans women are always put at the forefront when it comes to this whole trans movement, but we definitely gotta allow or make space and room for our brothers and the ones that want to speak up. Because I know a lot of them live pretty much tough lives. I think it's easier for them to live under the radar than us because mm-hmm. the trans. But you know, whatever. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Well, I 
you thanked me. I want to thank you, really. I know this. We had fun with this conversation, but I, it, it's it, it's difficult for a lot of people to talk about, especially with someone you don't know at all other than this recording. So thank you for for being open to educate me and my listeners. So. No problem. I, I'm just happy to be here and to say, you know, what I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh do you want to leave them with your social media before we go? Um, yes. My so my social media is V, and let me spell it out because people think I'm saying V. But the so it's T H E or the and then Tony T O N I Bryce B R Y C E and that is on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, love always Tony B on Snapchat or you can just be Tony Bryce on Facebook mm-hmm. and you can add. Um, yeah, I'm an open book, so if anybody has any other questions or want to expand on any topic of conversation, you can hit me up. Just know that I don't argue about who I am. I am. Who- <laughs> Say that again. I do not argue and debate about who I am, so don't ever come to me with that because you will get left on red. Well, there you go. And I think that is the best way to leave this off. We are going <laughs> to go ahead and sign off. Peace. I know my enemy pray on me, so pray for me. Tick, tick, wait on it. I'm keeping down my body count. I'm finessing like a trap bound. A trap bound, yeah. Because every day above ground is a blessing. I done leveled up now, few panoramic. None of my fears can't go where I'm headed. Had to cut them loose, now I'm loose, break the living. Yeah, I'm about to flood on them.